Hello and welcome. This is Graciela Moore, and you are listening to Million Dollar Mind Podcast. What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast, episode 157 on the science behind hope and limiting belief. So today, our guest of the hour, we have Miss Graciela Moore, and uh, I'm excited to have this conversation because Grace is a top mentor on Wisdom, fellow top mentor. I met her on the Wisdom app, which if you guys are not on it already, you should definitely check both of us out on the Wisdom app because it's just another platform to have personalized conversations, you know, tap in with us, you know, hear our talks live. Uh, so that's where I met Grace and, you know, just our conversation flowed. So I want to have this conversation a little bit further here with you millionaires uh, as far as this topic that we're getting ready to discuss, which I'm super excited about. Uh, Grace is also the creator of the Hope Series and Get In Tune, which we're going to talk about that as well, and a certified life coach, uh, which Grace, I'm excited to hear about your journey into, you know, just becoming a life coach, you know, the steps that you had to take, what made you want to join it. And, you know, before we start there, I, I do want to pass the mic off to you to do a little bit of a further introduction to our guests and, and tell us a little bit more about, you know, what we can expect from today's episode. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that I'm here. Super honored and, and excited to connect. And so my name is Graciela Moore. I am from Puerto Rico, but now transplanted in the U.S. here in Florida. And so I speak Spanish as well. And so um, I started my journey into consulting and sales with a background in real estate and with that came a lot of coaching and a lot of hand holding because moving across the US or from another part of the world is very, you know, it's a huge life event, right? And so when the pandemic started and um, at the time I was working as a realtor, but for a corporate realty, so I wasn't my own enterprise like most real estate agents are, um, I got furloughed. And with that came a lot of free time and the opportunity to think, well, how can I go deeper into facilitating selling, quote unquote, selling and um, helping people along a journey? And so it opened up the conversation to life coaching and getting certified. So that's what led me to here. Awesome. I, I love to hear it. I love to hear it. And um, so I, I, this is this is news to me. I didn't know about your journey into real estate as well. Um, well how, how did that start? What got you into real estate? Because I'm in real estate as well. And we talk a ton about real estate um, on the podcast. Do you think that that was any bit uh, a part of your journey into, you know, you know, the, the, the grace that is joining us today and, you know, kind of where what led you into the, the life coaching? Yes. So the entrepreneurial go-getter must work mindset for me started at 14 with the opportunity to have my very first summer job. And essentially I've been working with whatever endeavor ever since. And so when it comes to sales, first it started with the bargainer side of me being the buyer 
because when I got that first job at 14, I started collecting jewelry, right? Because I was making money, a lot of money for a 14 year old. <laughs> and, and I've always been drawn to the collection aspect of many things. I've collected bottles, I've collected books, I've collected stamps, whatever in my journey. And so jewelry has always been an affinity of mine, kind of like a hobby, right? And so I discovered the bargaining side of that sales conversation early on in life. And then at 19, I was a freshman in college. I wanted a job, but I didn't want any job. And so there's that entrepreneurial mindset of thinking outside the box, not just filling a work, you know, a form to get a job, you know, anywhere. And I started selling Avon. <laughs> Do you know what that is? It's super old, right? I definitely and, am familiar uh, with Avon. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yes. And so that was my first experience as a salesperson, right? Here's the product. Here's what it can do for your life. And let me know what you want. And, and here it is. And so I was 19 when that experience started shaping the sales background and the selling without selling and the marketing side of things. This is my business and how I present it, you know, uh, matters and how I show up makes the difference. And I, and so I learned all those lessons early on throughout my, my degree, which has nothing to do with business because I'm a literature major and a film major. <laughs> and so it, it all happened like in the back end. It, it, it all led me, but it wasn't done necessarily on purpose, right? And so during my master's, I was in a car accident. Yo, millionaires, what's up? So we talk a lot about real estate as well. Entrepreneurship, real estate, mindset is all the topics of the Million Dollar Mind podcast. So much so that I'm starting to have a lot of you millionaires coming up to me and asking me, you know, what are the best ways to get into real estate, Right. You guys know that I personally started off wholesaling and within the 18 months when I first started wholesaling, I've generated over $1.4 million for my company just in wholesaling before we even started picking up properties of our own. So with that being the case, I've listened, I've heard the feedback, and we finally started the Side Hustle Academy program specifically for real estate investors and aspiring real estate investors who want to learn some other exit strategies without the traditional ways of going through, you know, going through real estate school and becoming a realtor or having tons of money to dump into properties when we really don't have the money to spend anyway. So it's a whole nother world out there when it comes to wholesaling. And it's just a strategy of learning when to dispose properties that don't make sense for your portfolio. But to learn more about that, you can either go to kaispeaks.com slash academy, or you can go down to the link to learn more about that Side Hustle Academy program for real estate investors. Let's get it. And so I realized that I didn't want to go back to my master's and decided to pursue real estate. And I did. And let me tell you, it was not easy. <laughs> I'm curious to hear your side of the story, but that test, OMG, I may be a seller and I may be a hope expert, but I am not a tester. And so I, I remember taking my license exam six times. Everybody, do not give up if you flunk your license exam. It is meant to be so difficult. 
but in but really real estate is not that complicated right and so i remember failing my exam six times and not giving up and not giving up and then i got my license and i started selling homes and and helping people along that journey which i realized was pretty deep i i i kind of underestimated it going in but florida is a hub for people moving here from all over the world. They wanna to come to the Sunshine State. They want to buy vacation homes and just spend half of the year here. And with that comes an opportunity to connect with people internationally, but at the same time, which is all well and good, but at the same time, it comes a lot of responsibility because uprooting your family and taking them to a brand new place and going through all of these changes, that's not easy. It's not, it shouldn't be taken for granted. And so that planted the seed for me to want to help people further and to help them even deeper than just handing them a key. Oh, yay, you bought a home. And so when I got furloughed, I could have jumped into real estate again, but I said, no, I want to just coach people in a deeper capacity. And so there we are again with that side of the story where I just jump into the certification and it was, it's been wonderful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That That's amazing. And for, for me, the, the, my experience in the real estate is a little bit different. I, I actually don't have a, a license and that's something that I am getting into. I started off in the investing space, um, primarily going through wholesaling to kind of build up the capital, learning that skill, and then kind of uh, working directly with investors and investing in the properties that way. Um, but I've I've heard so many things about the the, the testing, and and I'm not a tester myself, uh, and that's probably why I've been putting it off so much. But I do want to at least yeah. have the license to have that um, versatility. Um, but it's really cool to hear that you at 19 started off, you know, selling Avon products. And, um, for me, I've at the age of my, might be 18 or 19 as well. I started selling Cutco products, which was my introduction into sales. Uh, so it's very interesting Those to hear that knives. we are, Cutco they are very good knives. Really good knives. <laughs> they are yeah, very good knives. And, um, when, when I, uh, when I got into it, it just opened my eyes into like what sales can do as far as personal development, uh, professional development, and just understanding business in, in general. Um, do you feel as though your early, your beginning experiences in sales, uh, you're still kind of utilizing uh, those skills and techniques that you've learned um, back at 19 to how you communicate with people now? And if so, in, in what ways? Yes, that's a great question. So absolutely, the answer is yes. And and there's there's that element of soft selling, if you will, right? Instead of a hard sell. Buy my product. Here it is, you know, right? And so I've been a content creator for, I would say, almost 10 years. I've been on Instagram since it first came out and I was a student still. And so with that came the the flow of opening a store on Etsy to sell, you know, antique and vintage jewelry and then figure out how to sell it, right? With my social media and all of those endeavors. Um, and th with that came a lesson on how to soft sell and not hard sell. And this was years ago. And so fast forward to me taking that certification and 
you know, hopefully anybody listening who is getting certified as a life coach is, is getting certified in an institution that also provides the business side of the equation as Lumia coaching did for me. And so when we are already done with the heart stuff about how to be the best coach you can be, and we're into that business wing of the certification, a lot of things made sense for me. A lot of boxes were like, oh yeah, I've done that. Oh yes, I didn't know that that was called soft selling, but I know about that. Or, oh yeah, I can appreciate that I am the brand as a coach. Oh yes, I can appreciate that my presence matters because as a real estate agent, you are the brand. You know, most realtors put their face on the on the business card. And why do they do that? Because we are hoping that the client is going to put our business card on the refrigerator and see our face all day long. And hopefully one day when someone they know needs to buy or sell, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, there's that card on my fridge. Let me go get it. That realtor that gave it to me. And so that's marketing, right? And when I was studying to become a coach and we were discussing all of these things about branding, um, selling your your offer, right? So a coaching package, we call it an offer. And, and figuring out your niche and all of these things, it really did happen naturally. And I say it in quote unquote, because there's no doubt that my background is what really led to that natural feeling of, oh yeah, I know what this is. I already understand this concept. And with that already knowing came a comfort of, oh yeah, I've done this before. I can do it again. <laughs> and, and I literally launched my coaching practice the day after I got certified because I just, I just worked to launch my business. It wasn't the first time I launched a business. And, and I just went with it. That that's, that's amazing. And, um, Grace, I, I would love to hear, you know, your advice to our millionaires that will be listening to this, as far as, you know, the success that you've had, um, through the years with your experience from sales and how you've utilized that experience to, you know, just kind of make your life, your business and everything kind of connected, um, and more easier for you, right? Especially when it comes to like soft selling and hard selling. And most of us, when we start a business, we think that that big, the biggest part of the business is, you know, sell, sell, sell and link spam, link spam when it's more so conversational than we think. And most people don't consider that sale. So what advice would you give or why would you encourage, you know, people of all industries and all walks, no matter, you know, if they're getting into coaching or they're getting into, you know, uh, starting a cosmetology business, whatever it is, why would you encourage people to at least study sales um, prior to jumping into that realm of of entrepreneurship? Yes, yes, that's a great question. And I loved how you said that that it's more that selling is more conversational than we that we just think or that we are thought to believe or driven to think or whatnot, because that conversational piece is the clue to that ties into how I see it or how I experienced it. And so it has to do with authenticity. (laughs) It has to do with who you are as an individual, because 
a lot of people may be selling the same product, right? A lot of people may be selling this, but how you sell it makes a difference. And how I sell it makes a difference. And so when it comes to any business, any endeavor, anybody, millionaire, poor, middle class, right? Making sure that you believe in the business, making sure that you are selling a product that you've tried and that you believe works, right? There's that authenticity factor of knowing and, and making sure that it aligns with who you are. And so that this leads me to the biggest clue, which is if you don't know who you are as a person, and hopefully you do, not you, but in general, right? Um, if you don't know who you are as a person, there's a disconnect between yourself and how you're showing up and how you're selling and how you're creating your content. And it seems kind of silly to think Oh, now we are going to talk about soul alignment. But in the end, if you don't believe in it, you shouldn't be selling it. If you don't think it works, come on, please just find something else, right? Because you need your client to fully believe so that they buy. And if there's any hint of doubt, they won't. And when it came to selling, quote unquote, selling my product online. So first I started with the jewelry business and I still have an Etsy account and I still help people design their wedding bands and their engagement rings. And I have, you know, local jewelers who I can speed dial, right? And so that's, a, it's a hobby, but it's still a business, right? Um, when it came to jewelry and then a personal curiosity about MLMs. And so I joined an MLM because I wanted to know the aspect of MLMs and how they work. And I sold Lipsons for a year. And then when it came time to renew my membership, I was like, okay, I tried it. That was fun. Thank you so much. But, you know, I couldn't just post about makeup all the time. Push, 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 push. People wanted to know what else was going on with me. People want to know what I'm struggling with. People want to see me without makeup so that then when I show up with makeup, it's like, wow, she's right. It really does make a difference or it really makes her look like this or it, it really does what she says it's doing. And so I feel like without being authentic, nothing else really flows. Because let's go back to that conversational word, the, the word conversational that you said. If there's a disconnect between who I am and what I am doing, how am I going to articulate that? It sounds awkward just to think about it because it's not natural, right? And so if we were just to look at it from a conversational perspective, we have to speak about what we know mm -hmm. and, and we have to speak about what we believe in. Does that answer the question? <laughs> it, it it does really answer the question. And it, and it brings me to that next question is like, what what is the first step? Is it, you know, education? Is it education of self? What like what is the first step to build up that um, 
that belief or strong discernment that, you know, this is who I am and this is how I present myself. These are my moral values. These are my, you know, my core values. What is the first step to identifying this person before, you know, coming up with a product or coming up with a service to, you know, help others? I would definitely say, excuse me, um, I would definitely say that there has to be a curiosity and so there's there's research involved, right? There's there's a phone call, there's a meeting, there's 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 somewhere that you need to go to find out, like you said, what are my values, and my values outside of what I already know, and that's where the research comes in, or or a meeting, or a coach, or or a business consultant, because we tend to think we're well, my values are love, faith, and hope. Or we tend to think, well, I value my productivity because I'm very committed to my work. But these are not values. You know, we value social justice. We value wisdom. We value hope. We value humor, right? We value love. We value temperance. Those are values. And when you take a quick assessment, let's say that, that, you know, let's bring it back to me and what I do helping business owners to answer that question. The first step on my session would be, let's take an assessment that tells us what your top values are right now in your life, because a year from now, your values may be different because we all change and evolve and we all ebb and flow. And most importantly, we adapt to what's going on in our lives. And so in 2020, when we were all united, or maybe it was 2019, I apologize, but when we were all united as a nation for Black Lives Matter, I assure you that for most of us, social justice was at the top of the list that year. As we move on from that situation and we evolve into our everyday life and we go back to our lives, well, now social justice is not so prominent as a value and it just it goes down the list because other values come up to help you along the way. And so I would say that's the first step. It's figure out exactly what your values are because then you can transcend into bringing those values into your business, into your day-to-day, you know, what you're doing and or what you can create that you didn't even know you could create because you hadn't had the awareness of looking at your values the way that the Institute of Character makes it, you know, puts it all together with their assessment. Yeah, I love that, especially the word that you use, uh, curiosity, Grace, um, because when it comes to curiosity, and, and it's funny because I just had this conversation uh, yesterday um, for, for, for another episode where we were talking about um, kind of reverse engineering, creating products and services and just offers in general. And a lot of times when we create these offers, we create what we what we want and what we value. And we don't really do the research to see what other people are having problems with and what other people value. And so to do that, you have to have this curiosity to where one, you know who you are, you know how you can communicate to people, but you also have this emotional intelligence as well to know how to communicate to others and how to make others feel a certain type of way about your presence. Um, uh, do you have any tips? Because we, we, um, 
not too long ago had a conversation about, you know, HSP, highly sensitive people. Uh, right. And and so when you when you when you consider that a large amount of the population is considered, you know, highly sensitive to these things. Mm-hmm. But how can you just be more aware of just emotional intelligence and just just making your presence known in a positive way? Um, with, with people so that you can ask questions like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Do you have any advice for this product or this service so that you can be open about asking people about these products or services that you're thinking about creating, you know, without coming up, coming across as salesy or, or any of those things? Well, I feel like that question can be divided in two things. Mm -hmm. And, and I learned it first in real estate right? The first thing your broker tells you when you get licensed, right? You have to, unless you become a broker, if you just become a a sales associate, you have to have your license like hung with a broker, with a brokerage, right? And so the first thing your broker will tell you is you need to tell everyone, you know, your sphere of influence that you need, that you're selling and that you can facilitate. And who do you know that needs to buy and sell, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I know that can be very annoying. I know I've been there. <laughs> like you said, it's like, mm-hmm. how do we approach this question without being, without it being a hard sell? In the end, the people that resonate with the way you sell will raise their hand when they need it. And so then there's that aspect of not giving up because you need to keep marketing. You do need to keep to putting, you know, you do need to keep putting your business out there. And that's why word of mouth is so important. And when it comes to, and so that applies to anybody, not just highly sensitive people in the, in the sales industry. But when you're a highly sensitive people, which to your comment, yes, it's 20 to 30% of the population are highly sensitive. That is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, why this, why there's no highly sensitive person expert on a, on an elementary school? I have no idea because it really does affect our children as well. And so when it comes to being highly sensitive and the uncomfortableness that can be created when you are in precarious situations where the fear of the unknown comes into play because you don't know if this person is going to buy. You don't know if this person is going to connect, right? There's a lot of unknowns in selling. You know, is this even working? Are people even listening? Uh, Does anybody really care, right? All of these questions, when you're highly sensitive, they affect you 100% more than when you're not. And so understanding who you are as a highly sensitive person, finding guidance so that you can really turn your sensitivities into working material. I am no longer getting trapped in fear of the unknown. It is no longer hindering my process, right? Finding that that person that facilitates that clarity and awareness allows you to have control of your business and to essentially function as if you were not highly sensitive, but really it just comes in different ways. I feel like it comes in better ways because it makes me an intuitive business person. And now I'm using my, 
my radar for energy, right? Let's just call it that. Now I'm using my radar to point me in the right direction and to know, no, 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 I'm not necessarily interested in having that conversation. I want to have this conversation because I'm vibing with this person because, because the energy is there and I'm a highly sensitive person. And so that is important for me and for my business. And it's a whole different mindset. But, but still, even for a person who doesn't qualify as highly sensitive, knowing who they are and knowing how to approach their product with genuine care will resonate with the people that it will resonate. It's a question of, do, do you really have something here that serves and that helps, right? Because we're all trying to solve a problem, like you said. Mm -hmm. And so it's, there's a lot of substance that goes into creating something that people will buy <laughs> and, and, and a lot of insight. And if you don't put your heart into it, it shows, I feel like it really does. You know, it, it really does show. And, uh, speaking back to your point of, you know, if you have someone that it resonates with, it, it kind of brings me back to some advice that I have given a lot of my students all countless times. Again, it's more so if you have a product or you have a service that is actually helping people, right? It truly helps people. It is true to who you are. Um, then it, you can't say the wrong things to the wrong, to the right person. Right. If they're the right person, even if they're not the right person at, at this time that you expect, there's there's no wrong thing that you can say to this person if they are the right person. And it, and it kind of brings back to as, as long as they relate and if they resonate with you, you know, they'll, they'll come around. They may not always come around in the time that we expect, but they will come around indeed. And go, going back to the 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 HSP, I do want to touch on that a little bit more and kind of bring it and tie it into uh, tonight's topic. Um, and not to diagnose, not to self-diagnose myself either, but I do want to put myself in in the shoes of being highly sensitive. Right. So being a highly sensitive person, how does that affect, you know, our, our abilities to overcome self-doubt? Since that's what you know, we are talking about the science, but behind you know, hope and limiting beliefs. How, how does being highly sensitive play a role in how we cope or how we affect or how we overcome these things like self-doubt and limiting beliefs? So I want to just make it clear that the fact that we use the word overcome or the fact that I may propose a solution does not mean that someone like me, who is the coach talking about all of this, doesn't struggle with any of these things. It's not that I don't, you know, it's not that I'm so confident. I don't struggle with imposter syndrome. And I've been judged mm -hmm. of that. It's like, oh, you don't struggle with that. And no, I do. <laughs> and and it's not like I don't struggle with, with the anxiety that goes into energy and, and people's vibes, right? It's a question of training ourselves essentially our brains so there's neuroplasticity comes into play and shifting there's that word because as a highly sensitive person imposter syndrome and the fear of the unknown 
is like that ruminating mind that never shuts up. It's like negative, 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 negative. The ego, right? You're not enough. Mm-hmm. You, what do you? Who made? Who made you think that that was a good idea? What are you talking about? Hope, like, who cares? It's such a simple thing. All of these thoughts, right? However, after experiencing the journey, and after tapping into bringing awareness to all of the things that consume you in a negative way and shifting into thinking strategically and shifting from that into owning who you are and your sensitivities. And then that shifts into, well, now my sensitivities are my power because now my inner monologue says, yes, you can do it. Yes, let's just put it out there and see what happens. Oh, yeah. And what about this? Oh, yeah, that that works. Let's keep going. And then the hope aspect of it has to do with when you employ hope as a tool, as a mindset, and you apply the vision that naturally happens when you employ hope because Hope is the belief that something is there. Hopefully something is there. So let me reach my hand in the darkness. Well, then you can sit in fear of the unknown because essentially all you have to do is wait. But without understanding hope, I would have thrown, you know, I would have launched my business and then I would have gone crazy because it took like a month for me to really have a client what that that month would have been a nightmare mm-hmm. but because i understood what i was doing and because i went through the journey that i now facilitate for other people i spent that month creating more and reaching out and marketing to more people and expanding my network essentially I was not idle just because, oh, yeah, I launched my business. I threw my offer out there, and now I'm just going to sit here and wait. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, nobody's buying. Oh, my gosh, what were you thinking? No, I'm going to get to work, production, creativity, all these things that once you apply the vision, the next steps just, you already know they're there. And and you just gravitate towards. But again, if there's no heart and it doesn't resonate with you as a person and with what you value, that presents the first obstacle. Mm-hmm. The fact that it doesn't come from your heart is the first obstacle because you're going to sit there and be like, what am I supposed to do next? I don't really want to do that. So what is the other option? And you're self-sabotage in a way. Because it doesn't open the door to creativity. Yeah. Yeah. I think that having a why, um, having a, a bigger purpose uh, definitely opens the doors for creativity. A a- exactly. A mission is because when you get that no and, and it's something that you're passionate about, it's like, OK, I got to know what else. So so speaking of no, what 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 does that first no mean to you what what does that do for you what what are you now thinking about and what are you now trying to create when once you get that no the first the second maybe even the third time oh yeah so i'll tell you about the first time i got a no uh after a few months being a coach and i wanted to be one of the many coaches in this in this thing in this endeavor and the answer was not now 
okay, you know, we're not hiring now. And that's not a hard no. I understand that. But I got no time to wait for you to hire. So obviously it is a no. Why? <laughs> right? And so that was the first time. And let me tell you, I went through all of the motions. I felt the anger. I felt the anxiety. I felt the insecurity. I felt the unworthiness. Oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. They don't want me. I felt all of these things that are quite normal and it's okay. The question is, once you go through the motions of all of those emotions, what are you going to do? And, and, and how are you going to do it? And so the answer for me was, okay, well, thank you very much. Not today. Let me take this weekend to throw myself a PT party. And then come Monday, I'm just moving on to the next offer. Who, el who else's door am I going to knock on? Who else am I going to reach out to see if they need my help and assistance? Because I am here and this is what I have. And I know that at some point it's going to work. And so I just kept going and all of a sudden the world opened up and i'm so grateful i just i mm -hmm. can't begin to express how grateful i am because i didn't give up and i didn't let the first no just shut me down and it takes a lot of work personal work to get to that point and and you know all credit to Jesus and my therapist and my counselor and my husband and my BFFs who listen to me vent and, you know, all credit to my faith and whatever. The point is that the work really does make a difference and it really does matter. And by that, I mean, if you, you can be a millionaire and still have triggers mm. and still be affected by your past trauma and still need clarity and still be consumed by sensitivities because you're highly sensitive and you have no idea what that means. And so it really does matter when we reach for help and when we really try to bring perspective into our projects and our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I'm glad that you, that you mentioned that as far as, you know, the work that it takes to, to, to identify these things, just to be self-aware, just to be consistent and showing up for yourself and showing up for others. And it, it, it kind of sounds like if you're not willing to put in that work, if you're not willing to be consistent in those areas, then it, it may be a sign. It may be a telltale sign that it's not something that you are really passionate about. It's, it sounds like something that you like, something that you thought it was worth exploring. Um, but if you find yourself fighting so much and it, it's like pulling teeth, you know, like they say, if, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And that goes outside That's of, right. you know, uh, the corporate work that we, that we thought that meant for, but I think they meant work as in, you know, your life's work in general. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it sounds like if you don't enjoy the work, you, you, it's not necessarily for you. So you need to find something that you will enjoy. And right. another thing you brought up, Grace, was that imposter syndrome, that even as a coach that, you know, has helped many others and has, has done a great amount of things for yourself as well, still dealing with that imposter syndrome. Some may, some people may, associate that as something that 
means also that it's not for you, right? That you you might be in the wrong work. But it sounds like you're very passionate about what you do. So, like, how 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 do you think imposter syndrome? And that's my alarm to do push-ups. <laughs> how do you think <laughs> imposter syndrome creeps up? You know, even when you are walking in your purpose, and and how do you constantly combat it? knowing that you're still walking in the right direction and you just feel it creeping in. What are some techniques that have worked for you? So first of all, I would like to express my own experience with imposter syndrome and how it evolved from childhood Mm. because my experience, my, my very first, at least that I remember my very first experience with, thinking that I couldn't do something or thinking that I wasn't good enough or thinking that what I wanted was too far out of my reach. My very first memories of that feeling, it was always someone else telling me I couldn't do something. My siblings, my family, my friends. And so as an adult, there was that curiosity and tenacity of saying, well, who says I can't do this? I'm going to give it a try, right? The results will speak for themselves. I'm not going to let anyone tell me, especially after going through all of this personal healing journey where I can look at others and appreciate their own journey in trauma. And now as an adult, I can look objectively and say, People telling me I cannot do something, it's it's about them and their trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there's that perspective that a coach or a therapist may put into words for you. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. And so it, it really does happen daily. Let's use the example of you and I and how we couldn't connect at first. Did the thought cross my mind that you may have changed your mind and just canceled? Yeah, it was a passing moment because the ego is like that. Mm. And, you know, it's like, it just, it just happens. The negativity, there's opposition in all things. And for every good thought that comes to me, there's an, an opposition thought that battles with it, right? It is the nature of all things. And so the question is, can I step back and think when, with my brain and say, no, Of course he didn't cancel. This is important. I am important. My message is important. And so we just need to communicate and figure out the disconnect. And then here we are. We made it work, right? It turns out I'm an old lady and I couldn't figure it out. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it takes practice. And it takes a lot of trial and error to say, I'm going to try this against my own better judgment. And the better judgment in the beginning is I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I need to research more. And all of these, it's that ruminating mind. There it is again. It goes back to that ruminating mind. And what is it going to take for you to tell it to shut up and to sit there while you experiment? While you put things to work, throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Let that voice just chill so that you can see for yourself. And once you start seeing success after success after success, then there's, then you build the muscle of confidence naturally. It happens organically. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, I agree one thousand percent with that, Grace. And um, I had I had that that initial thought as well. You know, you were not alone. I was like, man, did she? You did thought she I stood for, you up. Did she, did she forget? Did she change her mind? Did oh. she, you know, not have the time anymore? And I'm like, what's going on? You so, see? you know, it, you it does happen naturally. And it, it's it's conflicting for me because now it's like with limiting beliefs, you want to believe that these are things that are taught through experience. Uh, but is 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 there some part of our minds where limiting beliefs are innate? Like it's just natural to have these these limiting that that voice in your head that is saying you're not good enough or people will stand you up or whatever the case is. Is this an innate thing or is it something that is truly taught through experience? And we're more so playing the flashbacks of things that already happened. Mm. So that's a great question. And I'm going to go ahead. First of all, I'm not a neuroscientist and I don't come from a degree in psychology. Mm-hmm. But from what I have learned, I, I would go to school. Actually, it's one of the the only things that would bring me back to school would be a degree in neuroscience because it really does call me. Mm-hmm. But it has to do with the fact that we all come onto this earth and onto this life as a blank canvas. And our parents, as loving and gracious and good intentioned as they may have been, come with a hist come into our lives so day one is when we are born and our parents that's day one for them as well let's just put it that way they come into our life with the history of trauma with the history of values with a history of whatever right mm-hmm. and so no it's not innate it's it doesn't just happen and it manifests naturally unless it's generational trauma that gets passed down through generations. And that's another conversation, of course. And I am also not a therapist. But what I mean by that is it's more of a learned behavior. It comes from childhood and the early experiences we've had that led to similar experience, like more rejection, more people making fun of us, more people calling us weirdos, more people bullying us in a way, I don't know, whatever applies to you, right? And then the thought of realizing your potential, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, no, this is what I want. This is what I think I believe. So I'm going to hold on to that thought for a second. And this is what I want to create. And with that comes the thought of boundaries. What boundaries need to be employed so that you can focus on this thing unbothered by the world? You know, I had to put boundaries around the family members that always put me down. I had to. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the boundaries that I put in place with the people that as soon as I said what I wanted to do would just say something, anything that I would feel touched in a negative way by. It's like, why? Why do you gotta rain on my parade? Why you gotta be whatever? You know, I don't need your negativity. All of these, that's right. You don't need that negativity because you're already insecure all on your own. (laughs) And so 
creating boundaries around those relationships that we seem to hold on to but don't really serve us is really important when it comes to flourishing in any business not just content creation or sales mm -hmm. because i it's like it's like captain obvious have you seen those commercials it's like i already know that the possibility is there for you to stand me up i don't need my husband to be like oh he stood you up well, thank you, Captain Obvious. Yes, I know that's an option, right? And that didn't happen, but it's like the, the, the freshest situation we have here, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, a, it's a habit and it's hard to break. It's a habit to listen to other people. It's a habit to give in to that negative mindset. It is a habit to doubt ourselves. And so breaking the habit is the hard part. But once you do, again, everything just opens up and it's a whole world of possibilities. Well, what else can I create? What other business am I interested in? What else could I sell? Right? Just one after the other. Yeah. And I think setting those boundaries also comes from experience and not just like the experiences that you have, but also giving yourself that grace and no pun intended grace. Right. But giving yourself the, the, the freedom to just kind of reflect and say, Hey, I'm going to do this thing anyway. And whatever happens, happens, I'll recover, you know, if it's something bad, but if it's good it's at, the, at the end, at the end of the day, it's something that I'm going to learn. And, um, just kind of going back to reflecting on the possibility of, again, as we're talking about the freshest situation being stood up, you know, it, it, it brings me back to the times when I was just now building this, this show from the ground up and I'm, you know, trying to, you know, get anybody and everybody on the show and you get people who don't necessarily, you know, take your time as serious as you may take it. And they just think it's just, you know, a FaceTime call or just something that they can hop on when they get the chance. And, you know, at first you get the thought, well, maybe it's another one of those situations, but then you become thankful. Like now I'm thankful that, you know, I never got a chance to interview those people because it, from that experience, it allows you to now, um, create those boundaries and vet out the people that you do want to attract to, to have, you know, in your space and that you want to share that, that energy with. And, you know, if it wasn't for having those experiences, I probably wouldn't have had the guests that I've had in the past that have led me to a Graciela Moore to have on the show. And you have been amazing so far. So I, I appreciate, you know, you just sharing your experiences with us and, and, and just for sharing your energy and your light and, and things of that nature as well. Um, so as we're still talking about the mindset, you know, what, what type of mindset should you adopt before diving into something new? We talked about giving yourself that grace and just kind of going with the flow of things, or should you have more of a structure and a plan and, and like some way of, you know, die, uh, jumping into something new, but what, what is typically your mindset when starting something new from the Avon to the jewelry, to the real estate, to the coaching, whenever you dove into these, these, these new industries, what was your mindset each time or did it change? I feel like it really comes down to having a mindset of possibilities. And hmm. so we can really narrowing, we can narrow that down to the word hope coming from a place of hope. Because what you said earlier 
about being aware of the fact that this could not work. And then it's a learning opportunity if things don't work, right? Mm -hmm. That's mature hope. That's like the top mindset. And also being able to look back at those interactions where you thought you wanted them on your podcast, but it ended up being for the better. And now you're grateful that that, la that, that gap was there. Looking back at your life with that gratefulness lens, that's hope. Like straight from the American Psychological Association, they say the top mindset for a hopeful person is gratitude. And mm. so understanding that your failures happen for a reason and being grateful for every step of the way, even if you stumbled, even if you made a mistake, that's hope. And if I don't come at my idea, let's, let's just bring the business to the idea, right? Which is the first step. If I don't approach my idea with hope, I might as well not even think about it. I need to have hope to say, here's my idea. Here's the future vision that would not be there if I was hopeless. And now what can I do today? What can I do the next day? How can I work at it step by step? And allowing yourself to step back and analyze strategically each step of the way creates the data that you need to look back to if it failed. Mm -hmm. Everything is an experiment. And so we need the data to see this didn't work. Let me go back and see where I went wrong, how I can fix it. Or maybe you decide that this endeavor doesn't resonate and you get a new idea and you do it all over again. And so with hope comes the element of relentlessness and resilience because we never give up hopeful people just never give up because we know that if there's no hope here there's hope there there's hope for you there's hope for me and it's like there's a creativity thing that just springs forth from knowing that between now and my future vision there's a lot that can happen and a lot that i can do to at least do my part and then hopefully the universe does the rest, right? And hopefully things really come to fruition. And I feel like if the soul alignment piece is not there, this is why people stumble and struggle. Because if it's not for you, it's not for you. And the universe will not help you along, right? That, that's, that deserves that sound right there. Because that was a lot of gems and a lot of just positivity and a lot of hope. Right. And you are right. And I never really thought of gratitude as like a form of hope. And as you explained it, that was such an elaborate way of explaining it to uh, grace that it, it really does make sense. And the more gratitude that you have, uh, the more hope that you have. And, that, and naturally I encourage everyone to be more grateful. I, I probably have shared, once a week for, you know, people that follow me on Instagram to write down five things that they're grateful for when they get home, you know, and, and that's something that I do. Um, if not once a week, I do it every, every night. There are some good weeks where I do it every single nights. And there are some bad weeks where I only can do it, you know, Sunday. And, uh, I still try to get better at it every single day to at least think of ways to be more grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, but while we're still talking about hope, 
um, in in today's today's discussion, what, what do you think scientifically? How how does hope play a huge role in goal achievement and us being able to accomplish a goal that we set for ourselves? The difference between you know that mature hope that you mentioned, you know, and the the standard hope that everyone understands it to be and not having hope at all. What is the difference between those three and and how it affects our our, our abilities to achieve goals? Yes. Yes. Thank you. So the work of Julian Aras divides hope into different types, right? And so what the American Psychological Association calls gratitude, Julian Aras calls it mature hope. And along with other types of hope in her work, there's unrealistic hope, which is, you know, you really want to do something, but it's for all the wrong reasons and you shouldn't be doing that and it doesn't resonate and why are you spending your time and energy on this and it's just not realistic. And so we self-sabotage when we close our eyes to the rest of the picture and we become unrealistic about a pursuit and then we just give it our all and then our world crumbles, and then we stay there. We do this to ourselves, right? And so, you know, hopelessness, which is very true, prominent, and serious, is really about so much dissociation from the world that you have no vision. There is no idea. You're living in the day and you have no clue about tomorrow. And you get stuck in that mindset and it becomes a habit. And this is the thing. It's about reworking our brains and reshaping our life one step at a time. And so the first step when you're deep, deep down in the bottom of hopelessness is to reach for help. Help me out of here. Is it a therapist? Is it a shaman? Is it your priest, your pastor? Is it a teacher? Is it your mother? Who, who, who will facilitate the help and the clarity, right? Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to already doing those things and then being in, in in the moment where you're like, okay, well, then here's my idea. What's the first goal with that? Like, here's my business idea. What, what's the first thing I should do? Well, that's where the strategic mind comes into play. And for those who are not used to working strategically, this is where business consulting comes into play. Somebody with experience and with a track record that allows you the language that you as just someone with an idea doesn't know or doesn't feel familiar with. And then with that clarity and with that awareness, (laughs) goal setting isn't, um, isn't that hard. Why? Because when you have a vision and you decide this is my first step, like I said earlier, everything becomes clear. And so tomorrow I'm going to do this thing. And let's put a date on this one goal. Let's just use the mailing list, for example. You know, I'm launching my business today, but my mailing list is not ready. Let's put a date on that. And so you put a date on your goal. You make it measurable from today to this date. And then once you set a date, you say, okay, well, on this week, I'm going to focus on the designing aspect of my mailing list. 
on this week, I'm going to focus on the the hub that I want my mailing list to be at. Is it MailChimp? Is it MailerLite? You know, you start thinking strategically and all of a sudden you're making things happen. And let's not forget that in retraining our brain comes the the thought of training the brain to react a certain way when you achieve a goal. And so in week one, when you settled on the design of your of your mailing list, you need to celebrate because then you're giving that reward. You're letting your brain know, we did this. Let's go ahead and celebrate. Bing. Now that thought gets married one to another. And the next time you achieve something and you check a box, ding, there's that celebration. And it happens over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, wow, I'm really making moves. I'm really making things happen. And, and you love your life. And you are productive. And you are successful. And let's not forget as well that success is very subjective. What you think success is may not look anything like what I think success is. And so defining what success looks like to you is also part of the very early stages of, you know, building a business and being an entrepreneur. Because early on, success looked like for me just a working website even with glitches, even with whatever, because I've never built a website before and I did. And so success was already having a live website with nothing else on top of that. And so I did it. I built a website. It took me forever. I hated the process, but I was very happy with the results. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that that is it's interesting to hear how you, you mentioned the dings right and it, it sounds like these dings also build momentum and create a bigger um like a chain reaction to how hope can even increase uh and exponentially help you uh, accomplish that goal even even more um so i think that has a big thing to do with as well grace and you can correct me if i'm wrong but it it sounds like also putting yourself in the right environments um in the right spaces uh can enable uh can can play a huge role in that goal achievement as well what what type of environments do you like to create for yourself when goal setting and you know planning your year planning your month planning your quarter planning your week um what type what does that environment look like Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, understanding how exactly you want to plan is also an authentic piece. Because I have never liked to plan a year ahead. That's way too far in advance. I don't necessarily like to plan six months ahead. That's still way too far in advance. And so breaking it down to realize my 100% comfort zone is planning two weeks in advance, knowing and accepting that allows me control. And so with the control comes the flow of things. This is what I do. Let's go ahead and plan the next two weeks, right? And so again, there's that authenticity piece. What works for you? may not work for me and everybody is different and everybody is allowed to be different unless you work in a team 
And then everybody needs to figure out the common ground. And that's another conversation, right? And hope does apply to teams as well. But, you know, I personally like to keep my plans close because who knows what could happen. I mean, I have a toddler. Life is very unpredictable over here. And when it comes to the word environment, oof, that was a huge insight for me becoming a coach because we hear the word environment and we think about the turtles at the beach and we think about straws and we think about, you know, the planets. And we don't, we are not conditioned to understand that this is my environment. My office is my environment, my studio, where I create. You know, if you are a night owl or if you're a morning person, that's your environment. You know, rest assured that if you've always been a night owl and you want to launch a business, you're going to stay up launching your business. And if you're like me, I like to sleep when my toddler is sleeping. So I conditioned myself to not be a night owl. Then I am productive during the day. The sunshine is part of my environment and what helps me be productive. And so if clutter contributes to your anxiety, then you need to make sure your environment is neat. If scents and smells or noises uh, get in the way of your productivity, then you need to make sure that your environment is quiet or that it smells good or whatever. And all of this, if you think about it, goes back to the authenticity piece of who you are, what do you like, and how do you like to do it? Not the way you've been conditioned to do it all your life, not the way someone else is telling you to do it all your life, but you, complete, genuine ownership of the experience that I feel like it's such a privilege to be even able to say that that is what I have managed to build for myself because everyone deserves that, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And you used a very powerful word, Grace, which was ownership. Um, And a word that I I feel like many of us uh, take for granted. Um, And and we take it for granted more so out of the limiting beliefs and the fear and and, and those things that kind of kick in. And naturally, we don't want to take ownership. We want we don't want to take accountability. So many of us may want to put the blame on others when things don't work well in our lives. And essentially, if you're not in control of your own mind, um, then you 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 really aren't in control of, of anything. And that ownership is just a, a piece that allows you to just be in control of your mind, being in control of your own experience, manifesting uh, your own experiences and things of that nature. And um, that, that was one thing that I got from what you said. And another thing, which I was super happy to hear is, you know, you don't, you don't plan your year. Um, you don't plan a year in advance or, or a year out. That's too far. And um, I think our millionaires are probably even refreshed to hear that as well. Uh, because I've had a, uh, an episode way back, maybe a few months ago, almost a year ago, where we talked about the 12 week year and how planning a year in advance is why so many people's New Year's resolutions fall through after March, because we're looking at it from a a yearly perspective when we really should be looking at it. uh, A lot of these long term goals as quarterly goals. 
Um, and then you have your short term goals, which are daily, weekly, you know, monthly goals and things of that nature. Uh, was was that more so the same mindset uh, as far as why you don't uh, plan a year in advance? I, I do know you mentioned a few other things like life can hit you. Right. You know, having a newborn and, you know, so many other things can happen within that year. Uh, but are you also familiar with the 12 week year and, and did that play a part in uh, why you don't plan that far advance as well? Well, to be honest, I am familiar with the 12 week year, but it's not necessarily something that I, that I employ in those terms. Mm. It was, it was very natural for me. It was something of, you know, there's that appreciation piece and there's that mindfulness piece that I coach people through. It's like, we are just literally enjoying this vacation today such a blessing and you're already bringing up that next year we're going on a cruise i mean come on next year a lot can happen we're not gonna plan next year's vacation right now and if you want to do that be my guest but that's not me it it never was me i wanted more immediacy and i think that's a generational thing as well um i'm not sure how old you are but i'm an early millennial so i'm almost 40 and and with that comes, you know, I was born in the era of internet and messenger and all of these things that were developed as I was growing up, you know, Polaroids. What? You don't have to wait for the camera. Here's the picture, right? The immediacy. And so I just like to plan and to keep things close to home. And then again, the joy of making things happen on the go. And really, as a content creator, things really do flow in that sense. And I've I've been blessed with that flow of creativity that allows me to finish a week and move on to the other and move on to the other. And, and of course, in real estate, we do look at quarters. And so now as a business owner, I do look at my quarters. However, I don't necessarily plan in 12 weeks. I just look back on a 12 week chunk. And I look at my business and say, this is what happened. This is how we did. I don't necessarily say because of this, I think this is what should happen on quarter two. It's more of a, this is what we did. We're gonna do it again and see what happens. And the mistakes we did, we're not gonna make them again on the next 12 weeks. It's a constant re- excuse me, reevaluation. And it's a constant um, participation. And there's that mature hope that Julie Naras talks about. You know, someone with mature hope can just sit in the discomfort of fear of the unknown and still participate and still say, well, this is what I can do today. Let's, you know, gloves off. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. And if you don't have hope, you don't really think in those terms. You're more closed off. Well, I'm not going to try that because it sounds ridiculous. But if you don't try it, you never know. I'm not sure if you're muted, but I can't hear you. I was muted. I was muted. And that's on me. But I was uh, pretty much just applauding that 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 phrase. Okay, if you don't okay, try it, you okay. never know. <laughs> Um, but that, that's, that's great. And, um, uh, Grace, it, it's been a, a pleasure having you so far. And as we're 
getting ready to wrap things up. I just want to show my gratitude um, for us being able to, you know, come together and for you being able to share your experiences um, with us all and just being a great uh, and amazing person. And I'm sure, you know, we are going to be able to connect in other ways as well after this. But as we're uh, transitioning and, and switching gears, uh, I do want to um, introduce the next segment, which is going to be our rapid fire. So that sound means rapid fire is upon <laughs> us. And um, we have I have five random That's questions. So Yes, it's five random okay. questions that have nothing to do with anything we probably talked about for the last hour or so, right? Um, so the 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 I guess the vibe is to just be brief, be brilliant, but most importantly, have fun and be yourself. Okay. Oh, I said shoot. <laughs> okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. So here's number one. What's the funniest slash most disappointing slash weirdest text you've ever received? Ooh, a text. Yep, funniest, funniest or most disappointing. Slash or most disappointing. I mean, it's very disappointing when somebody cancels on you. Let's just bring it to the business, right? It's mm-hmm. it's kind of sad, especially if as a coach because you know you're not canceling on me. I have my life. And I know who I am and I have my coach. You're canceling on yourself. And that's kind of sad, right? Mm. And then the funniest and most random text I've ever received is from a top wisdomer, actually. Because we're all getting to know each other and we're all connecting on the back ends and we're sharing our personal information. And Daniel F. Hart, bless his heart, he just texted me out of nowhere and gave me a blessing. And, you know, your husband is so wonderful. And I wasn't expecting that. And it's like, oh, my gosh, that's so funny and sweet. And, you know, what a community we've built, right? Yeah. And then yeah. what was the other one? Is that it? Does that answer your question? No, that that does answer my question. <laughs> that does answer the question. And uh, just to yeah. your point, yes, wisdom is an amazing community that I, I'm just – looking forward to being a part of every single time, you know, that I see the notifications and I see your talks pop up and I'm just like, okay, I got to get on and I got to get active. I love it. All right. So number two is if everything in your house had to be one color, what color would you choose? Mm, I would choose yellow. Yellow, very bright, very vibrant. Except I do, I do like the contrast. So it's currently teal and yellow, you know, the contrast. Sun and water. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it. And I'm I'm a Taurus and he's a Pisces, so there you go. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. So so I'm a Pisces and my wife is a Taurus. <laughs> Ooh, we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's pretty that's pretty cool. Also, yeah. also. Number three, who would you most like to sit next to on a ten hour flight and why? goodness oh my gosh so many people you know what i'm gonna say dio the creator and founder of wisdom because we don't know much about who she is outside of wisdom and i would love to pick her brain about life in general it's Mm. like girl let's get together you know and so i could be 10 hours with her she's super smart and amazing so why not 
Yeah, and I, need, I would love to We need to, to let hear. her know that I, yeah, we need to let her know I gave her a shout out. I, w- I will definitely, um, you know, probably create this little reel and tag her so we can put it out there. And uh, I would love to hear how that interview um, went with her. Uh, did that already, that happened on Tuesday or yesterday, right? That was yesterday. Yes. And it was amazing. I'm glad to hear that. Well, I'm sure I'll hear I'll hear more about it from you uh, offline. Um, but number four, what would be the most or what would be the worst movie sequel ever made? Oh, my gosh. I'm a film major, so this is so hard. I mean. I'm going to I'm going to this is what I'm hearing. I'm going to go with the flow and say all movie sequels, <laughs> all movie sequels. OK. Because because there's none like the original. <laughs> that this is true. This is true. I would say for me, it was probably going to be. Yeah, no, nah, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I can see how difficult that was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. The last one, the last one, Grace, is what is something that you hate but you wished you loved? Oh my gosh, this is this is making me blank again. <laughs> because hate is such a strong word and I'm like I'm trying to really find something, right? But mm-hmm. it just it just really doesn't doesn't align with me to be like, oh, I hate that, but you know, I do struggle a lot with um as a highly sensitive person, I struggle a lot with the dogs. Because they bark out of nowhere and they break my focus. And it's like, oh, why do we have dogs? Like, who needs dogs, right? And I get into that mindset. So I don't hate them. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't hate pets. And I'm not, you know, being that kind of person. But I do struggle a lot with the fact that they are obnoxious. And they interrupt my flow sometimes. And that gets in the way. And that's really sensitivity if you're not highly sensitive you may never think that your dogs are barking in the background it just doesn't affect you but it does me and i think you know they are very obnoxious and to to your point my obnoxious dog barked in the middle of while you were talking (laughs) not too long ago and for me it drove me crazy i'm like it's like when i'm it's like man and it's, it's my fault for setting up my studio at home but boy, I wish I could just make it work. And I wish you could just be quiet dog and stop barking when someone comes in the house. <laughs> so, exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so it's not hate, but, mm-hmm. you know, we it could be <laughs> in yeah, all no. honesty and fairness. Right. And it's OK because we're human. We're not perfect. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, well, Grace, that wraps up our rapid fire. And as we are wrapping up our evening, um, I have just two more questions for you. And um, these questions are, you know, for our guests to, you know, get a chance to know you a little bit more and for you to have, even, uh, you know, a little bit more fun as well. And for season four, I like to do the this exercise um, for our guests to be, you know, engage with us a little bit more. So I want you to give us a red pill versus blue pill scenario uh, for I, I, what I'll do is I'll throw it in our Facebook group. I'll throw it on Twitter, um, on the polls for our, you know, our uh, guests to listen to this and vote which they'll choose. So if you could give us a red pill versus blue pill scenario, what does that look like? 
I mean, you can take the blue pill and be in complete control ownership of who you are and what you want to create, or you can take the red pill and just work the corporate world, work for someone else, live for someone else, and not even know what you can create. And to me, that's a no-brainer. I don't know about you. It, 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 to me, that's a no-brainer as well. And I'm going with the blue pill. And I probably shouldn't have said that because I don't want to sway anyone's vote. <laughs> but it really remi- it reminds me of... Yes, it's um, not politics, anyone. We're not taking drugs and we're not doing politics. It's just exactly. example. <laughs> exactly. And it reminds me of... Um, one of my uh one of my homies Ryan I had him on the show a couple weeks ago and he gave us the red pill blue pill uh scenario and his was kind of like yours but what it was like he really sold the blue pill like his blue pill was like live forever and his red pill was like die tomorrow <laughs> it was like, it was like uh, well, very there's there's that like future visioning versus you know I want to bring it to the present let's build mm-hmm. a business let's let's build a life that you are really full ownership and full fulfillment that's like a redundant thing right mm-hmm. <laughs> complete fulfillment i don't know now i'm getting redundant <laughs> yeah no i like that i like the blue pill being you know um you know it, it put in a little bit of work but have you know the complete fulfillment uh of life and having that control and then you know the red pill is you know maybe you have everything given to you but you're living someone else's life and working for other people but you have the freedom to just kind of be and just go through the motions i think that kind of gives people that ah which one do i want to do right so i like that so i'm going to throw it on the polls i'm going to put it in our facebook group in the mastermind also on twitter so you millionaires who are following us on twitter be out be on the lookout for that poll let us know which one you're picking you picking that blue pill you picking the red pill uh but appreciate that grace and uh the last question is what's going to be um some advice you would give 18 year old self you know you're walking down the street and you just happen to see a, a reflection of 18 year old Graciela, what's some advice that you would give yourself? Well, to be honest, I would give myself the advice of find out what other options are there besides going to school because, and, and bear with me, bear with me. Mm-hmm. Having a degree is great and going to school is definitely needed. However, you know, I did my bachelor's and then I did my, I, I started my master's and spent a lot of money on that. And then my accident prevented me from finishing my master's and I realized that there was a different way. And so we are generationally driven to think that if my dad is a lawyer, I have no choice but to become a lawyer, right? If my dad went to school, I have no choice but to go to school. And that's simply not true. And so if I'm 18 years old, and, and I have an 18-year-old stepson. I have five stepchildren. The youngest is 16. So they're all adults, essentially. And so this question really touches me because it's like, what really resonates with you? Oh, I want to go to an institute to work in refrigeration and HVAC. That's great. Okay, let's do it. Like, there's no pressure. You know, you are the magician. You are the creator of your life, right? You have 
you have divine help. Yes, but it, it's you taking the action, right? That's what I mean. And so understanding early in life that there is a world of possibilities and a buffet of options, you know, we don't become adults thinking that there is. And I would definitely tell myself there's more to life. There's more to do. There's other options because people like me realized it a little too late and now we're getting into that flow. And so now if my 18 year old says, I'm not going to college, I want to just get this certification or this license. I'm like, yes, go for it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just about, oh, I want to go to school because my parents told me to, and I need a diploma. You know, that's, again, that's not aligned. <laughs> it's not aligned. If somebody else told you to do it and it didn't resonate with you to begin with, why are you doing that? Why? The biggest question is why. And I, I think I really want to hone <laughs> in on that word abundance, um, which is always coming up on, on the show abundance. And it, it is really I think that's very honest feedback. That's very honest, very true. And I, I think I share those same sentiments too. Grace is just, you know, th thinking what is the, what is the reason why, why am I pushing for my child to get this degree? Do they even want to get this degree? And, you know, we have this mindset that will go into debt. You know, I have friends that are hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, you know, from school, to not even utilize the degree that they went into debt for. But imagine if we had that same mindset and just went into debt $20,000 to pay for a course or a certification, um, you know, so that we could, you know, become this, this expert, right? It, it, like we could literally invest a, 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 like a fifth of that, you know, to, to go towards something that's more aligned with what our passions are. And again, not to say that going to school is wrong because I'm, I, I'm, I have a bachelor's degree myself and I graduated from uh, an HBCU that I love and I'm always going to push my HBCU out there, but still, I also push for the fact that, you know, identifying your why, like, why do you want to get this degree? Is it for you? Because if it's not for you, it is, it's actually hurt. It hurts you more to go to school uh, to get this degree and going to debt for a degree that you end up not using, which I see so many of my friends actually in that position. So, uh, mm -hmm. I, I see both sides. Uh, I see both sides of it. And I appreciate that, that advice. And I appreciate that, um, uh, that, that truth. Um, so now I want to give you the space grace to, you know, just share, you know, what you're excited about, tell our, our millionaires where they can find you, where they can engage with you. Um, some news you may have to share now, you know, the floor is yours to kind of share. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I just want to say thank you again for recognizing, right, my potential and inviting me over to share with you and and to the listeners for supporting you because now they're supporting me as well. And now they're in my network and, and all of this. And so it's beautiful how things just progress, right, and, and flow uh, together. And I'm very excited for what's next without knowing what's next <laughs> because social audio has opened doors that we didn't even realize. So you were a mm -hmm. podcaster before wisdom, but now you're on wisdom and you're making all of these connections. Well, you don't know what connection is going to happen next and neither do I. 
However, for the first time ever, I'm kind of excited about that unknown factor of who else am I going to connect with, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what other conversations am I going to have? And most importantly, looking at it from that strategic entrepreneurial lens, what doors are they going to open? What else will come of it? And then when that gets aligned with my desires, well, I want to write a book. Well, I want to help even more people, you know, and then that top vision that I won't share because I keep it, you know, under wraps, but all of these plans, what I want for myself. And so I'm excited for just the very immediate. I'm excited for this podcast episode to go and, and do its thing and and to just be here. And, and take it all in because it really is such a blessing. Thank you. Oh, and to answer your question so people can find me on Instagram, please follow me. That's where I am every day, all day. <laughs> Songofmyself.ig or on Twitter, S-O-M coaching. And then somcoaching.com is my website. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing grace. And it has been a blessing having you on here as well. Um, You know, I I say it all the time. I believe that, you know, God speaks to us mostly through people and uh, you have been gifted with a voice that um, is speaking to a lot of people right now and is going to resonate with a lot of people and just having you and having your energy uh, join us today was truly an experience. So I appreciate you for bringing yourself and, you know, being present in this moment with me and our millionaires that are tuning in with us. And as always, I want to also give that thanks and that grace to our millionaires. I'm super thankful to have you all join us week in, week out. And I'm just excited to kind of see, you know, what type of change agents you guys become as you apply the principles that you especially heard tapping in with us today. Um, And again, I do want to bring up the fact that grace and i are on wisdom and if you really you know resonated with uh everything that grace has said and you really enjoyed this conversation you can hear her a lot more on wisdom on the wisdom app you can just type in on your app store wisdom and you'll be able to download that app you can um find grace yellow more on wisdom you can also find her on ig at song of my life song of myself song of myself dot IG and uh, right. be able to engage with her there um, and also check out her website S O M and that was S O M coaching.com. Correct. Yes. Because it's song of myself. There you go. Song so of myself. M coaching. That's right. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, again, millionaires, if you resonated with anything you heard today, make sure that you do the follow up because there's fortune in the follow up. Right. Follow up and engage with us. Let us know what you enjoyed. What Let us know what resonated with, uh, with you. Let us know what maybe struck a nerve because at the end of the day, all feedback is good feedback. And I love to hear, you know, how we can do better and just connect with one another on a daily basis. I'm your guy, Kai Speaks, and you just heard it from Gracie Ella Moore on the science behind hope and limiting beliefs. Just remember to keep focus, build momentum and drive results so you can live abundantly. Peace. And I'm going to end that recording now, Grace. All right, millionaires, got some quick and exciting news for you all. I said I was going to make it happen, and it is officially here. We are now on YouTube, which means that video content 
is fully accessible to you all. Full episodes are going to be dropped and updated every Monday and Friday. Same cadence that you're already used to. So make sure you head on over to our official YouTube channel. Like and subscribe. Show all the love that you can. And let that algorithm do its thing. Continue to put that content in front of you. But alright, gotta go. Love y'all.